You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate from Quarantine. My name is Michael Kushner and I am recording this intro on a very exciting day. It is Saturday, November 7th that I'm recording this introduction and it was the day that Joe Biden uh, was elected president. Oh my gosh, this morning when we were watching the news, my boyfriend Remy and I... uh, we saw Wolf Blitzer announce it, started crying, FaceTiming our families, and took our puppy sandwich, scooped him up like a football, and we joined the the block on a big dance party, and everyone was so excited. The horns have been honking all day. It was just absolutely amazing. I love my city. It was so fabulous, and I can't wait to continue on that energy in this new chapter. Today really felt... Like it was a a happy ending to a really horrific movie. The episode that you're about to hear was recorded just before we voted. Uh, So there's a little sense of what is going to happen next. But um, there's still lots of great information for you to hear and digest. I interview Priya Mahendra, who is the heart behind the Princess Possibility Project and We'll go into what that is and how she created it and what multi-hyphenating is to her and and all that jazz. So uh, if you love Dear Multi-Hyphenate and you don't already do so, please follow on Instagram at Dear Multi-Hyphenate. Please do so and you'll get a lot of extra stuff that we don't really cover on the podcast. And also leave a review on uh on apple podcasts and give a like or a you know a five-star rating what what however you rate your podcast go do that for dear multi-hyphenate it would really mean a lot also my show my broadway memory that i co-created with brian sedita is back after a little hiatus the show is every other thursday at 7 p.m we're back up on december 3rd and we have a bunch of announcements coming. So follow at My Broadway Memory on Instagram for more. The show is a visual podcast talk show to keep Broadway alive. So starting December 3rd, every other Thursday, we're back keeping Broadway alive. I will say that there is a special episode that is happening of My Broadway Memory on November 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it is a virtual gala for Wingspan Arts, a nonprofit arts organization for children here in New York City. It's going to be a really, really amazing episode featuring performances by Alice Ripley and Freestyle Love Supreme. We also have conversations with Beth Malone and Jeremy Kushner. Uh, We have a performance from Luke Islam from America's Got Talent. It's just going to be amazing. So check out that live show on November 12th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My new tradition is starting an episode uh, of sorts with with a quote. Uh, And I want to talk about trying. Just before recording this episode... Uh, I'm a, I'm a COVID long hauler. So I, even though I had the virus in March, I'm still dealing with random bouts of exhaustion and 
body pain and yada, yada, yada. It's quite boring. Don't worry, it'll be fine. But even pushing through the long haulerness syndrome, I'm not even going to put a name to it because it's not real. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go away. It's going to go away. It's going to be a thing of the past. Even dealing with that, it's always, um, it's always important to do your best, to stay focused. Work has actually saved my life. I think it's what healed me from COVID because I pushed through and continue to create. And uh, because we're going to be talking about Disney in this episode, which I'm really excited about because, oh my God, Disney, right? Uh, I wanted to start with a quote by Quasimodo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Today is a good day to try, and it is. Every day is a good day to try. If you don't try, that's failure. And yes, we need failure, but I'd rather you fail by trying something instead of not trying something. So today is a good day to try. And today is a good day to talk with my next guest, who I'm really excited to chat with, Priya Mahendra, who went to Syracuse University and studied entertainment business. After working at ICM Partners for a bit, she followed her heart over to musical theater land and uh, started performing. She believes that theater can be a place where we all feel like we belong and explored uh, and explore our shared dreams, desires, and humanity. She is here to talk about the Princess Possibility Project, which she created during quarantine. So please, please welcome Priya Mahendra. Hello. How are you? Hi, Michael. I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Um, when we chatted about uh, you being on the podcast, I, I, I thought you were going to be a perfect, you're a perfect candidate for this podcast. <laughs> and I can't wait to dive in. How's your day? How's your soul? What's going on? Give us the details. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you just said. I think it's so incredibly important to meet ourselves where we are and to acknowledge um how we feel and what is our reality in this moment so that we can uh, recognize where we are and recognize how we might move forward and push through and take a moment to recenter. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I am doing well. I am definitely feeling the weight of the world and the weight of everything that's yeah, going on and everything we've been experiencing and what is uh, to come. So I'm trying to balance that with my um, optimism and my my hope and my driving uh, navigation system that is always in pursuit of of finding the next aha moment, the next burning question, things like that. And boy, is there a lot of there's a lot of burning questions right yeah. now. It's like, <laughs> even today, with the Tonys being announced, it's mm-hmm. like the I teach workshops literally about finding the why, and I feel like. Um, we needed to find the why with these Tony nominations. You know, people were looked over. It wasn't a complete season. It. We have other conversations to be had. Yeah. And look, it's my dream to have a Tony, right? Like it's one of my things that I think about before bed every night. Um, but we have to fix ourselves, you know? And I think the hard burning question right now is, uh, I think what everyone could start with is asking themselves why. You know, mm-hmm. why am I creating this? Why am I thinking this way? Why do I feel this way? Why do we need to produce this right now? What, you know, I, I really do think that the biggest hard burning question is why? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, 
I'm a big why centered person. And I, I also love affirmations, which you mentioned, you know, thinking about something before you go to bed. Um, and I think that combining the the why as the driving force behind our affirmations and putting action um, into it as well is is so important. And it gives us something to return to and, and keep us, you know, centered in what we want so much and what we believe in. What are some of your affirmation rituals? Ooh, oh my gosh. Um, I absolutely love affirming on a wide scale. So I affirm things, you know, for the the health and well-being of of uh, my family and my my friends and and the people I care about. I affirm for our world that we can live in a peaceful loving um empathy and compassion centered world i affirm some of my dream roles that i you know hope and dream to play uh or goal roles i should say um that i hope and dream to play one day when we return when it's safe to return and and i affirm in myself i affirm that um i do my best and i affirm that i'm in pursuit of my my goals and i affirm that uh there's a purpose behind the things that I do and create and my actions and thoughts. So thank yeah. you for sharing. Um, we're already just a few minutes in and I'm already taking something that you just said and putting it into my life. I, I like the question of um, I ask uh, everyone on every level when they come into my headshot session, yeah. what's their dream role? You know, it's a, it's a really good um, question for a lot of people, because I get to learn a lot about them very quickly, whether or not the answer is, I don't have any dream roles, or mm. people uh, invite themselves to have a childlike wonder when thinking about it, right? You really get to learn. But I think goal roles, I yeah. like that term, because dream sort of makes it feel a little like it's not achievable, but goal roles, having a goal you can achieve, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh taking agency over over my connection with that role or someone else's connection with with a role that they uh want to play and and how they connect with it and kind of taking that into and embodying that part of the the engine behind the want and the desire to play the role. Wow, you are a perfect student. You said agency, <laughs> which is something that I love talking about, the fact that we as artists do have agency. Yeah. It's, uh, uh so many of us move here and we think that we don't have agency that we have to. And if this is your journey, whenever I say things like that, I want my listeners to understand that if this is your journey, I'm not knocking your journey at all. Okay. But I think the stereotype is that we do our high school shows, we go to school, people tell us it's hard out there. It's a hard thing. We go, we, you're going to be waiting tables and then we go wait tables and we wait for that big break and sometimes it comes and sometimes it doesn't. And that's what's portrayed in movies. It's portrayed in the media. It's portrayed in literature. And um, it's not necessarily the case, especially in 2020, especially in a pandemic in 2020. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, um, I love that you said agency because we do have agency over creating our own paths and how yeah. we get into rooms and how we get to create roles and create our own experiences. So yes, it's so absolutely. True. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's uh, and, and just hearing you talk about journeys, it's, it's interesting to, to really hear about and acknowledge that everyone has such a different journey. And while we have unique stories, what we are all in pursuit of and is, is kind of the common thread between everyone, no matter where you're from or who you are, what you're in pursuit of and what you're trying to accomplish and contribute and change is, is the common thread, even though those may look so different. 
Oh yeah. It's so it's, um, it's really true. And, uh, I, I'm, you're just, you're saying things that I agree on so much, you know, common thread, common denominator. Yeah. I like to look, I look to, I like to look at things in a mathematical and scientific way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ask clients, I go, what is your common denominator of the auditions that you have the most success with? Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Is it a shirt that you're wearing? Is it a song? Is it a, a keyword in your breakdown? Because that's, it's all about cutting the fat, right? Because Mary Testa mm-hmm. is not going to go to an audition for a a high school prom queen right now. You know what I mean? But there are people in the industry that, that do think, especially newer artists that they have to go to every single audition where one word might apply to them. Mm -hmm. But now let's flip it. How can, how can now we find the common denominator where those were the meat and potatoes of the breakdown is what, is what you can offer is part of your why is a part of Mm -hmm. your entity. And there's so much work to be done. We do have agency over our artistry and there's so many different tactics, which is amazing because that's what, even in the business aspect of show, that's even artistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's so well said. And and something I think is so true that who we are and and what we believe in and what we stand for and what we bring to our work, it has to all be connected. And it ha- that has to be the common denominator underlying everything that we do and say and, you know, aim for, because that is who we are. And if we don't bring ourselves to our work and our dreams and our hopes, then then we're doing ourselves and our industry a disservice because people never get to see the real us. Oh, you couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Thank um, you. So talk to me about growing up. Uh, you, yeah. you started theater a little later, it seems, mm-hmm. from your bio. Where, uh, dear listeners, we are also just getting to know each other as well. Yes. Um, so it seems like you started theater later. So what was life for you growing up? And uh, tell us about you. Yeah, so I grew up doing Indian singing and dance uh, very intensively, um, and it was really cool to be introduced to art and performing and music and dance through the lens of my my culture and my heritage. Um, and I, you know, even just being at home during quarantine, I've I've been in Jersey with my family and watching these old home videos. I'm seeing how. Um, I learned to sing by listening to my dad who would sing songs to me in Tamil and I would repeat those songs back to him and sing those songs. So singing was something that I, I had from an early age, even before I could really speak. And I sang first um, in other languages besides English. And I sang before I even learned to speak English. Um, So singing has always been something that's uh, deeply rooted in in my connection to myself and my family um, and and who I am and it's always been a part of my identity and I you know did some musicals in middle school and high school but I never looked at uh, performing or theater as as more than a hobby I, I honestly didn't even know enough about it that it could be something you could cultivate into a craft or be something that you could um, really spend and dedicate your life, mind, body, and soul to. It just never was 
on my radar at that time. And obviously in, in high school, there's so many different things that you're trying to juggle. And so theater, the musicals that I did in, in school were always kind of the, the fun thing that had no weight to it for me. And, and where I met some of my, my friends in, uh, closest friends from high school and middle school. And it was always a part of what we did, but never defined us. And yeah. So when I, when I went to, uh, was deciding where to go to college and, and what to study, I feel like my connection to the arts was so strong in me that I needed to stay in this, in the world of the arts, but, um, the business side was really what called my name. So I, I studied entertainment business at Syracuse and, it was everything that I was obsessed with through the four years of college. I was super lucky to be able to intern at MTV and Warner Brother Records and and kind of uh, get the real experience of what I had seen in Entourage on TV and, you know, thought and about and learned about in school and just really get that experience firsthand. And my deep respect for the people on the business side of this industry and the business side of art is so um, is so real because I've been on that side and I, I know what it's like to be on that side. And I know I've experienced and seen and observed what it really takes to be on the business side of, of the arts when you're not a performer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, I love all of that. That's, that was my, uh-huh. I, as it came out, it was like, oh God, that's this right. This is an audio. You can't see my face, but, uh, that uh-huh was like, I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I hear you and I agree with you. And the business is so inter interconnected in those ways of like, um, of what you were just saying and uh, something that comes to mind is like, I, I want people in the industry that are not actors to take acting class. Mm. And I want actors in the industry to take business classes so we can all understand those experiences of when it is like entourage. Mm -hmm. And when it is not like entourage, you know, uh, right now in my class that I'm teaching and I'm so proud of her, you know, my mom is an esthetician. Mm -hmm. She's a skincare specialist and she's taking my multi hyphenate class that I teach with, um, Ashley Kate Adams and Kimberly Faye Greenberg. Mm -hmm. And it's such a really cool intensive. It's a week long intensive and I forced my mom to take it. And, um, overnight I see a complete difference and, why did I want her to take it? Well, I want her to start implementing artistry into what she does, into what can be like a corporate, very like medical sort of experience. I want her to start forming a very niche market. I mm. want her to start implementing artistry, identity, and start looking at what she does as an art as opposed to just a profession. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that we all need to take from those different aspects 
especially when we are in show business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It is a business that there are performative qualities, yes, but there are also internal aspects that will blow our minds and also make us better perform, better and more grounded performers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I think it all comes down to empathy. What, what you were saying about understanding what the other side is like, it all comes down to empathy and, and seeking to understand um, the other side of the coin or seeking to understand with curiosity and with compassion, what um, other people are experiencing and what other people are, are trying to accomplish and how that informs what you're seeking and what you're trying to accomplish and, and finding the creativity in everything, no matter what you do, connect the dots, see what the through line is, find the creativity. And whether you are a bookkeeper or, you know, performing eight times a week on Broadway, there is creativity and magic in what you do. And if you seek it, you can find it. And what you do when you find it is, is pretty magical. It's so magical. And um, so speaking of connecting the dots, How do you, do you consider yourself a multi-hyphenate and how do you consider your multi-hyphenate? And as a reminder, a multi-hyphenate is an artist who has multiple proficiencies that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that definition. Thank you. Um, yes, I definitely consider myself a multi-hyphenate and I think I entered this industry um, as a mega multi-hyphenate, um, you know, taking everything that I grew up with and taking everything that makes me who I am and uh, leaving the business side to pursue performing, I kind of brought a a well-roundedness and a multi-hyphenate in nature energy with my my business hat and my uh, want to be a part of the musical theater performing side hat. So I think in the way I've found my place in this industry or how I'm trying to carve my path, it definitely has this um, layer of being a multi-hyphenate in everything I approach. No matter what I do, I think I bring this um, multi-hyphenate energy and nature to it because my path has been so different and my journey has been been different. It starts with curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. It starts with curiosity. And it's like, and that's why I like the quote of the day, because it's like, today seems like a good day to try, right? Is that, is that the, am I off book for it? What is it? Today <laughs> is, is it, today is a good day to try. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about multi-hyphenating is it's just, it starts with the why, you mm-hmm. know, and I talk about this all the time. Listeners are probably sick of it, but why is a few, it's a, it's a layered thing because it's like, why do I do what I do? But also why do I want to try that? Or why does that intrigue me? There are all of these answers to come up with that can either just be floating by, Mm -hmm. or they could stick with us and, and inform our artistry. So why do I, why do I want to, why do I want to pick up this camera? Right. What, what what kind of stories can I tell? Why do I want to? Why do I want to start producing? And mm-hmm. and it's sort of just um, it's just pacifying that curiosity. That's what multi hyphenating is, and then building that into a lucrative bill paying experience. 
experience. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's not an either or. And most things in life are not an either or. And, you know, it's really taking all of the different parts of ourselves and all of the different things that we are interested in interested in and all of the different things that we can try our hand at and seeing what the common so that is. I do, you know, I pick up pick up a camera so that blah blah blah. And that so that might look very similar to uh the so that for a bunch of the other things that make someone a multi-hyphenate and make someone identify that way. Common denominator. Yes, I think that's the theme of today. <laughs> I like it. I wonder if it's going to be called common denominator. <laughs> Watch it be com- called something completely, completely different. different. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, no, I'm in total agreement. It's, mm-hmm. you know, um, it also relieves pressure. Off. Well, it's, you know, multi-hyphenating is, it, it puts pressure on you and it takes pressure off, right? Because- right. When you're multi hyphenate, you have like I have four proficiencies that I lead with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, photographer, performer, producer, writer. Mm. And that's four different aspects of my artistry that I have to have why statements for, branding statements for, tactics for, relationships for, identities for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the why statement and the branding statement aren't you know, public knowledge, but they're my little things. They're things that streamline my energies. And, you know, so, but it's to be a multi-hyphenate, you have to be willing to do double, triple, quadruple the work. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting to, to frame it that way. And, and what was coming up for me when, when I really think about multi-hyphenate and what that means for me is, is I think that for me, it could be something like heart follower, possibility seeker, purpose-driven, and compassion contributor, something like that, and and how those things take form in my day-to-day life and how they uh, infuse themselves into the way I, you know, generate uh, income for myself or contribute to our industry or try to contribute to this, the changes I seek to make or my artistry even, all they all work together. But I think in for me, the way I look at my multi-hyphenates is kind of in that broader why uh, centered way, which is probably a little strange because it's not so um, tangible. No, it's not. I mean, it's not strange at all. <laughs> and and it, it, right now, it's it's it, it's the tangibility question mark is that the right word? Um, <laughs> the tangibility aspect of multi hyphenating. It's like I see it like as if I'm editing a video, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm editing the sounds, and I'm I'm editing the sound levels of it, and it's like. Right now, my newest hyphen that I just sort of added is writer. And um, I have a one-man play that I wrote, but that's not enough to add that to um, my hyphens, my identity. Mm-hmm. Like, just because I wrote a one-man play, it's like, I I have a few things that I, and people can absolutely disagree with me on this, but like, I think to be a multi, I, 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 I profess that to be a multi-hyphenate, you should be acting on that hyphen on a professional level. It's not, I like to dabble or I do it for a, uh, I do it as a, uh, as a hobby or I do it because it makes me happy. It's like, do you get paychecks for it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. But now, 
or it or is it like a, a like an official label or is it like a is it for a source is it freelance like that and i really do think that that cuz then we could all consider ourselves multi hyphenates right, right. Then we all, and and i think that there is it's a little cyclical it's a little the snake eating its own tail because it's like i think that we are multi hyphenates but we also have to act on the multi hyphenating aspect of ourselves we can't just call ourselves a multi-hyphenate we have to be a multi-hyphenate and when it comes to writing it's like my fees for writing if you want me to write you something are going to be a lot different than my photography fees you know because i'm still working out the writing muscle figuring out my identity in Mm -hmm. that and but my photography i've been doing for almost eight years now on a specific with a specific point of view and very, you know, and and that's marketed and that's been workshopped for quite some time and still is, but the levels are just different. The soundboard levels are just different. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the tangibility. What you said is interesting because multi-hyphenating the grounds of multi-hyphenating haven't really been explored. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's pretty brilliant. I think we are all used to fitting into boxes that we we think we need to fit into or are told we should fit into. And I think it goes beyond um, the boxes that we check for uh, auditions we go to, but the boxes that we check for how we identify our artistry and how can you bring that artistry to the other parts of your um, multi-hyphenate and the tangible things that you do. How can you bring that again, that common denominator to, to all of it and, and the tangible forms that they take. Yeah. And it's about storytelling, right? Yes. We're, we're in, we're in show business. We're all yeah. about, it's about storytelling. So yes. one day I'm going to be telling a story through my camera and then the other way I'll be doing it through producing or, right. exactly. or singing a song or writing for backstage. Like that's yeah. like, that's literally what it is. It's telling stories. It's, doing what we do best. That's why we're here. Yes. I love that. So speaking of storytelling, can you talk to me about your endeavor that was created through quarantine? Can you talk to me about the Princess Possibility Project? Yes. uh, The Princess Possibility Project is a seven-part video series that I created um, and has been in the works for about a year now, but that I, in actuality, created during quarantine. Um, And the purpose is to raise awareness of the way we currently portray known and loved characters in entertainment and specifically in theater and the need to expand that in a consciously inclusive direction. Um, And I think what's really uh, what's really driving this project is the global nature of the princesses and how they, at the end of the day, really strive to belong while being themselves. And I think that's something that every human has experienced on some level uh, personally, and that we experience a lot when we think about our current uh, ethos in theater and our current environment and how the the theater industry is right now. Um, and, And the fact that our stages don't really currently reflect the diversity of people and identities uh, in our country, let alone in New York City, and and the need to be able to see ourselves and our humanity reflected 
on stage, whether it's as an actor on the stage or someone sitting in the audience and seeing themselves reflected and knowing that they belong and are a part of the story. Is there a specific princess or story that relates the most to you that maybe inspired this pro- this um, experience or it was your favorite one to sort of dive into? Yeah, so the, the princess that I would say who I resonate most with and that I connect to on a really innate level would be Jasmine. Um, I love how perceptive she is and I love how intelligent and wise she is at such a young age and how she recognizes um, the constraints and the the world that she lives in and how she seeks to build a more equal world and a more um, compassionate world. And I, I really feel that those qualities in her, I see so much in myself um, and you know, just just growing up and and having that connection to her as well as the other princesses just deepened my um, my relationship with them and the, the way that they were able to shape who I am and uh, what I learned from them. So, yeah, I would have to say Jasmine, though I love all of them so very much. I would I would definitely have to say Jasmine. I'm so in. I'm so sold because I love the psychology of um, Disney fairy tale uh, uh, hero, villain, princess characters. I love mm-hmm. psychology, like the the um, psychology of a Disney villain, the like gay complex of a Disney villain. Like, really excites me, especially with Jafar and Ursula, and you know all of and Captain Hook, and like all of these amazing villains. Is that they, there is like an LGBTQ plus complex. Right involved and um i see it the most with jafar and i've always loved jafar i've always like weirdly um weirdly related to jafar and i think that that's why i've like even though he's a villain there's still this feel of like kinship almost which is really wild and i like that psychology so um talk to me about where we can find you what sort of medium uh the princess possibility project is and how we can sort of get involved and and dig into what you're creating yeah um you can find the videos at my website which is uh and i also share them on instagram and i'm at priyamahendra um and i would say that if the videos resonate with you to uh, share them and to create your own work and see how you can find possibility with uh, whatever you have um, in this moment to work with and how you can share what you believe in and what you stand for through the work that you make and contribute to the work that you seek to be a part of. Um, and that's kind of the the whole purpose of the project is to not only expand the way we look at these characters and how they may be cast, um, but also to promote the idea that we can take agency for the opportunities we create for ourselves and um, generate a sense of togetherness and a sense of artistry in the work we create for each other. That's beautiful. Um, Thank you. So you completed the Princess Possibility Project, yes? I have one more to release. The last one is Jasmine. So I'm doing Speechless from the live action. Um, And it's... uh, it's been an incredible journey. I've, I've released six so far. So Jasmine uh, will be the seventh and 
I honestly couldn't imagine this time uh, without the project and and the joy it's brought me and the perspective it's brought me and really the possibility that it's brought me. And I feel very lucky to have been able to create it. It's amazing. And um, your voice is beautiful and the the videos are all amazing. And if you go to uh, priyamahendra.com and click the princess possibility project, you could see uh, some princesses that Priya has done are Anastasia, uh, Ariel, uh, Cinderella, um, Mulan. We have Rapunzel, Belle, and you're going to close it off with uh, Jasmine, which is very exciting. Um, and any plans for when it's completed? Um, I had the impulse to do the Ingenue Possibility Project and explore some, you know, iconic the- musical theater Ingenue roles through the same lens of the project and the uh, idea of expanding the way we portray them or th- or even think about them. So that might be next. And, um, you know, I'm always someone who is uh, really driven by collaboration and driven by like-minded artists and always trying to uh, create work in the, in the nature of the work we seek to be a part of. So hopefully there's a bunch of that that'll be coming out soon as well. And maybe you and I can collaborate on doing the, the villain possibility project. I would love that, Michael. That would be amazing. (laughs) It's actually like now I have the cogs turning and I'm just like, like literally just like, okay, that would work. That would be really cool. Blah, blah, blah. Right? We love collaboration. We do. We love collaboration. Priya, unfortunately we have to wrap, but can you throw us your, uh, your handles, your social media, your social security card, whatever <laughs> you want us to know. Yes. I'm at Priya Mahendra on Insta and priyamahendra.com is my website. And I'm looking forward to connecting with anyone of the listeners who uh, would like to connect. Yes. Huge fan of your energy, huge fan of your work. Uh, I can't wait to collaborate with you again in the future. Uh, Thank you all for listening, everyone. Uh, I'm so honored that you listen, one, but also uh, drop me lines and share with you how the, uh, the podcasts are inspiring you, which is really, really um, effective for me because sometimes I do feel like I'm just sort of talking to the wind, but I'm actually not. People do <laughs> listen, which is really exciting. Um, as always, follow me at Dear Multi-Hyphenate on Instagram and at the Michael Kushner on Instagram as well. And uh, I can't wait to meet you all one day at like Broadway con or something like that. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, um, but thank you again, Priya and uh, enjoy your weeks, your days, your creative moments to yourself and uh, be well. And I'll chat with you all soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Of course, Priya. Thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together 
we rise.